Welcome to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Debick, the founder of Life Coaching with Lauren, a female empowerment coach, an entrepreneur, empath, and a lover of the ego-friendly lifestyle. My mission is to help women take control of their lives by teaching them how to increase their confidence in an authentic and genuine way so they can achieve both personal and professional goals. Each week on the Graceful Confidence Podcast, I will share ways to increase your confidence, tips on how to integrate grace into your life, as well as stories and advice from other experts on how, as women, we can better empower ourselves and those around us. I will show you exactly how to use the power of confidence and grace to create an empowering and invigorating life that you are excited about waking up to every single day. Now, let's dive in. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am so excited because today I have a guest. I am speaking with Whitney Lee. Whitney is the owner and founder of Socially PR and Media Company, which has been servicing clients all over the Southeast since 2015. Within one year of starting her agency, she grew the business to over six figures and to date has represented 50 plus businesses across numerous industries, including resorts, retail, food and beverage, music, entertainment, nonprofit, medical, and more. She earned a master's in arts from Florida State University in integrated marketing communications and has been a resident of Destin, Florida since 2008. Whitney is also the host of The Everything Show through the virtual media company, Get the Coast. Whitney, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It is my absolute pleasure. I have known Whitney for a few years now, and Whitney, you are one of the women that just confidence, I think, drips off of you. And I look up to you so much, and I'm so excited to share with our listeners today your journey from the corporate world to all of those awesome things I just mentioned. Oh, well, thank you. I'm excited to share the, the fun and crazy story behind it all. So you left the corporate world a few years ago. Can you talk a little bit about what that journey was like for you? Yes, absolutely. So I'll give you a little bit of backstory. Um, I finished my master's at Florida State, um, and then I got a job at a big hotel resort um, that also had like a lifestyle center um, in Destin, Florida. So actually, I started off as their intern because I had to finish my master's. They kept me on. Um, and about two years after they had hired me permanently, the, I saw a job opening at the Hilton Sandestin, um, which is a big corporate hotel here on the other side of town, but in the same area of Destin, Florida. So I had thought, I was literally 25 years old. I was like, there's no way on earth I'm going to get this job, but you know what? I'm going to throw my resume out there. So I threw my resume out. They interviewed me eight times and they actually ended up giving me the job um, as director of marketing. And I thought like I had made it. I thought that was, you know what I mean? The big fancy title and the Hilton, this big brand name hotel. Like I, I just thought I had made it. And, uh, so I, I went and took the job and it was like double the money. So then I really thought I was on top of the world. And I'm telling you within a few weeks, I was just, I immediately knew it was not a good fit. How did you know? Uh, Within a few weeks you knew? I did. Um, Part of it was the structure of the office. So I had my own big fancy office. Um, However, it had no windows. And I sat in there every day by myself. Um, It was a very strict environment of when the door unlocks at 8 a.m., you need to be in your desk. And if you leave early, you're getting docked. 
and it, it was just very, very um, militaristic in a way. And uh, you know, every, uh, of course I'm a marketing person. I love being around people and going and doing and networking. And I, I didn't have the freedom to do that. And even uh, what was more challenging for me was I brought all these ideas to the table of, oh my gosh, for social media, we could do this and that. And this was back in, let's see, 2012. Um, so social media for business was really just starting to catch on at that time. And so I had all these ideas and they wouldn't let me do any of them. I know it was kind of a, hey, listen, that's cute that you have ideas, but this is how we've always done things around here. And so, and it's been working. Um, so yeah, we're just going to keep on keeping on and we just need you to be the button pusher. And I, that was really the big key for me of like, I can't be a button pusher my whole life, you know? So how long were you in that role? Not even a year. Well, let me say right at a year. Um, but I had some of the businesses back from the other position um, down on the harbor, they're all, they have a little lifestyle center that has boutiques and restaurants and whatnot. I had some of them uh, that were reaching out to me saying, hey, I know you work at the Hilton now, but could you on the side help me with my Facebook because I don't know what I'm doing uh, or help me with a little press release to announce a new service I'm offering. So, uh, and before long, the little side hustle kind of actually you know, grew legs. And, uh, I, I, I finally just said, I, I can't uh, live in this room with no windows anymore. And so I, I waited it out to my one year anniversary. And I still remember the day that I went in there to quit. I just, I tried to chicken out about 20 times. Um, but I just remember it was like, I had practiced what I was going to say to my boss over and over again. And I was literally like pouring sweat. And all of a sudden I had this out of body moment that was like, okay, Whitney, it's 11 a.m. And you said you were gonna do it at 11 a.m. And like my body stood up out of the chair and my mind was like, no, no, no. Um, but I marched down there and I said my piece to my boss and um, she basically laughed in my face. Yeah, and why said- did she, Why did she laugh? Um, she just laughed and said, well, I hope you have a lot of money saved up because a lot of people try to do that and it just doesn't work out. How'd that make you feel? It actually made me feel scared because mm -hmm. this woman was a really seasoned professional. Um, I didn't always respect her work, work ethic and the way she treated everyone in the office, but at the same time, I respected the amount of experience she had in the marketing field. Um, and so it did make me a little scared, like, oh, maybe she's right. But then I was like, no, this is even more so why I got to get out of here. You know, with a mindset like that, this is why I got to get out of here. And so, you know, it, it was really challenging too, because uh, my, my parents were, they weren't not supportive, uh, but they definitely kept reminding me like, Whitney, no, like, don't, don't run away from this job just because it's not what you thought. Give it some time. Or, you know, like you prayed for this job, you wanted this job and, and like, you finally got this job and, and you can't just run away now that, you know, you're feeling like, like it's not a good fit or you're, you know, you're not in love with it. Like that sometimes that's part of being an adult. And so I kept asking myself, like, is this part of being an adult, like hating your job forever? And, and you know, every Sunday before I'd get ready to go to work, I would literally just be ill. I couldn't even enjoy my Sunday because all I could think about was like in less than 24 hours, I have to go sit at that desk by myself again. 
I talk with a lot of women who are in a similar situation. And that fear of what exactly you were just talking about of how do I leave what, even though I don't like it, it's comfortable, it's stable. How did you overcome that fear? Like, what did you do that got you from being scared and not confident to move forward with that decision to walking into your boss's office at 11 a.m. and saying, this is what I'm going to do? What's crazy is I'm honestly not sure. I knew I had like a little bit of a cushion um, because I already had some people that I knew were interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm honestly not really sure of what, you know, I guess that little guarantee of like, I started doing the math and thinking like, okay, if I have this person and this person lined up, I at least have enough money to pay my bills. Like I won't go into my savings. I, I will at least break even every month. And I'll be happy doing that, happier doing that and breaking even and, and not having any fun money than I'll be tied down to this chair. So it sounds um, like you had a plan in place. A little bit. I kind of did the math a little bit because I am usually in life. And if you could tell from the story I just told you about my parents, I am not a risk taker usually. And in fact, this is the first time or that was the first time in my life that I took a massive risk, even against the advice of my parents, um, which I don't always advise everybody to go against their family, but you know, just something inside of me was like, Whitney, if you know, if it's, this isn't it. So you got to get out of there. And you know, I, I finally just, uh, again, it was kind of an out of body experience. So that's the day of How about in the days, weeks, months that followed that? What was that transition period like from going in, working in the corporate setting to saying, this is not what I want to do. And then really moving forward with launching your own business. Yeah. um, So just to be 100% really real and honest with you, um, I was actually going through a divorce at this exact same time. So it was kind of even scarier because now I didn't have a spouse to support me. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of women out there that maybe are single moms or in the same situation. Talk about terrifying. Um, But again, I I did the math and I figured out I can at least, I can at least get by every month. Um, But yeah, it went from a really strange experience to where like I was supposed to be up every day and hair and makeup and in a business suit and, at this job to, I literally had nothing. Like I was living alone for the first time in my life. Um, and I had no meetings planned or things I had to be at. And so for about one or two weeks, I kind of sat in that and just had a lot of time to think on things and work on my website a little bit and decide, you know, kind of make more plans. But quickly within one or two weeks, I I was like, I got to get out. I got to do, I got to make something happen. So how did you make something happen? Oh, so I actually started reaching out and contacting everyone I knew in town. Not just um, specifically in my area, in the Destin, um, Fort Walton, 30A area. I just started emailing every person I knew or sending them a message on Facebook saying, hey, guess what? I'm doing my own thing now. If you know of anyone that needs marketing and PR, you know, please call me. Um, And I just started 
asking around. And even people that would say, hey, I don't know of anybody that's looking for a consultant, but this place is hiring a permanent position. Um, I would still go after them and say, hey, have you ever considered hiring a consultant? And I, and honestly, like just to get myself out of a rut, I would get up, do my hair and makeup, and I would go to a chamber of commerce lunch or an FPRA or, you know, the Florida Public Relations Association, just keeping my face out there in the crowd and being relevant. And what was even funnier was when people started seeing me again at luncheons and things like that, I heard the craziest stuff of like, oh, we heard you moved away. We heard you, we heard you moved to New Orleans. And I was like, where on earth, where on earth does this happen? You know? So I just, I quickly learned that if, if I didn't show up and put myself out there, I was going to disappear. So let's talk about that for a second, because a lot of times doing just that showing up is hard for women because we tend to not want to put ourselves out there, either for fear of rejection, uh, either for fear of making it look like we're wanting attention. There's a whole slew of fears for why we, yeah, we don't put ourselves out there. How did you get past that? Um, I remember that feeling actually when I first would like meet, like when I started going back to the chamber luncheons and I would go to shake people's hands, um, they'd be like, oh, who are you with? Like asking my job. And I was like, the first time somebody asked me, I was like, I'm with, uh, and I just like drew this blank of like, I'm with no one, you know? <laughs> and I'm so I thought, <laughs> yeah, I'm here with me. Um, and so I had to start again, like, um, rehearsing a speech that just became second nature to me of, hi, my name's Whitney and my company is Socially PR and Media Co. Where I, it just started coming out. I didn't have time to overthink it and think, oh my God, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? And mind you, I'm like 26 years old at this point too. So I, I was still pretty young in the professional game. So, but yeah, I guess um, I just had to make business cards and rehearse what I was saying and just stop thinking and start doing. Was there ever a time when you questioned your decision to leave the corporate setting and start your own business? That specific corporate spot? Um, you know, it's funny because everyone thinks, oh, having your own business is just so glamorous. You just do whatever you want. You are your own boss. But it's actually a lot more work than doing that corporate job. It's a heck of a lot more work. Awesome. I could go yeah, I could go back to that job every day, show up eight to five. And when I punch out at five, I'm done for the day. And I collect the paycheck is auto deposited to my account. The end. Um, you, you have no idea how much more complicated it makes your life to be self-employed. Can you talk a little bit about that? What are, what are some of those things that make it more difficult? Because the opportunities are endless, you know, like I, it's a blessing and a curse. Like I could take on as many clients as I want, or I could turn away clients and have a little more free time. But when you're first getting started, I was terrified to tell anyone no. You know, I was just like, oh, if somebody wants to hire me, I need to figure this out. And, and I need to say yes, 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 because I, I've got to have money to live. It was this almost like desperation. And that's definitely not cute. How was that experience? Did, did you eventually find yourself transitioning to getting more selective with clients? Yes. And I think what I, the way I did it was I narrowed down what services I enjoyed the most. So at first I would take on literally 
anything in the marketing and PR realm, selling sponsorship for nonprofits, coordinating events, um, placing advertisement, um, traditional PR, social media management. And finally, over the, like, after a year or two, I realized like, you know what? I don't really enjoy sponsorship. I don't want to do that anymore. That doesn't serve me. And so when people would come to me, I still remember the first time I said no, I was just like, you know, that's actually not a service I offer anymore. How did that feel? Oh my God, like a weight off my shoulders. Just to be like, that's all it took was, thank you so much for thinking of me, but that's actually not a service I offer anymore. And then what happened? Um, the person's like, oh no, why not? And I was like, well, honestly, you know, like I, I'm focusing more on public relations and social media uh, because those are honestly my forte and it's what I enjoy most. And they can't argue it? with that. Yeah, they can't argue it? with that. They were like, okay, well, do you know anyone who can help me in sponsorship? <laughs> and that was, you know, they respected that. So I did finally get to that point where I was like, Whitney, you've got to say no. You've got to say no. And that is another thing I see myself struggle with. I see other women struggle with. Sometimes we feel like we need to say yes to everything, whether it's because you know we think people will be mad at us or we'll let people down, but you nailed it on the absolute head. Find out what it is that your strengths or areas of expertise or passions are and then move forward with that. And truly, what's the worst that could happen? You say no and they say, okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, and then they respected that. And then they would go tell other people, you know, like finally over time, I stopped getting requests for people to ask me for sponsorship because people started saying, oh, Whitney doesn't do that anymore. Made my life so much easier. Then that opened up even more space. But th- that was the number one biggest blessing of it all was that I started realizing the more I said no to sponsorship and advertising placement and planning these huge festivals. I would have space in my life for when the next PR or social media client came along, boom, I had space for them. Whereas before I would have already said yes to this event or this other thing. And then the perfect PR social media client came along and I would just cram it all into my life. You Did know? you see your business suffering at all when you started saying no to, to the projects that didn't really align with what you were doing? No. In fact, I feel like it grew And I was 100% happier because all of a sudden people started saying, Whitney's focusing on social media and PR and that got around too, you know? And so now it's gotten to where it's so amazing because that's what people call me for, you know? And so that's why, you know, whoever said like, you know, you've got to know your niche um, or what is it they say, pick a niche to get rich or whatever. (laughs) Um, There's something to that. Your niche can be what you love and what you're best at. And don't save space for all that other stuff that doesn't serve you. And that can be hard. Like you mentioned, especially when you're first getting started, you want, you want business. You want to say yes. I guess my question would be, if someone were starting out, would you recommend they say yes until they kind of figure out what their ideal client or niche is or would you recommend they move into that space already knowing and just focusing on that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't count anything out unless you go into it and you're like, okay, I really don't want to do sponsorship sales. Then don't even start it off. But honestly, I didn't know that it wasn't, I just knew it was something I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, I tell everybody, I'm just because you can do something doesn't mean you always should do it. 
So at that point, I didn't really, it took me those times of taking on those clients and sponsorship and events for me to realize like, hmm, this is really something that I don't enjoy and I'm not as good at it. So for me, it did take that little trial and error. But uh, I mean, for anybody out there, if you already know something is not your thing, don't do it and don't compromise. You mentioned the word space a few times. You said that when you transitioned from the corporate setting to to moving into your own business, you had space, you had time to think, and you mentioned having space to take on the ideal clients. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means to you and the importance of having that that space? Absolutely, um, because for a little while there, I lost my space. When I stopped or when I would say yes to everything, I had no space in my life for anyone or anything, not even, you know, a newly single. I, I had no space for anything besides business in my life. And it, it didn't make me happy, to be honest. Even though I loved my business, it was consuming my life in every way. And uh, even now, I guess, let's see, we're what, seven or eight years into this? I'm still having to train myself to make space in my life. Now I have a team of three different girls that work with me and I still find myself trying to do tasks. Whereas now I, I've tried to tell myself, I'm like, I'm not a doer anymore. I'm the strategic person. I'm The girls are handling all the tasks because they are well-equipped and they're amazing. They're handling the task and I'm the project manager overseeing. And I find myself slipping out of that and starting to handle these little tasks because I want things done more quickly or or I want it done just my way. And again, I'm losing space to be a leader there. So, it, you know, the, the finding space issue has stayed with me throughout the years. It's just kind of pivoted in what that means to me now. What did it mean to you when you first started versus what it means to you now? When I first started uh, finding space was a few things, saying yes and no to the right and the wrong clients, um, because I was terrible at that for a little while, and also creating a relationship with my clients that was healthy, you know, I, uh, placing the expectation up front of here's how our relationship works. Here is uh, when you need me, you contact me these ways. You don't contact me at midnight via text, um, blowing me up, that kind of thing. Uh, so for a little while, that was my finding space was how to really have a great intimate relationship with all these clients, but still having my boundaries, you know, and then now today it's the space of how to be working on my business consistently rather than working in my business all the time. I have the ability to do all these tasks that they're doing. So sometimes I just jump in there and do them. And no, I need to be working on my business, not in my business all the time. What types of things are you working on now? And where do you see the future of your business going? Oh, man. So one thing I've actually been working on for a little while. Right now, what we do, we serve about 15 different clients on an ongoing basis. And that number kind of ebbs and flows based on projects and time of year. But we have clients of all different industries, like you mentioned. You know, we've got food and beverage. We've got entertainment. We've got nonprofits. We've got a good mixture of everything. Uh, so... I think I, you know, one thing I've been focusing on is growing the team. Um, so we have more doers and helping them grow into strategists. You know, I want everybody on the team to start off as a doer. And then as they grow in their career and they learn all those different tasks, then they become a strategist and they oversee the doers. 
Can you talk a little bit about the difference between a doer and a strategist? Some, some women who may be starting out on their own and thinking about starting their own business, there's a lot of information coming at them. So can you differentiate between the two of those? Absolutely. So when I started my business, I was everything. Um, so a strategist is more a person who communicates with the client. And when the client is always kind of having this moment of like, what do we do next? Or COVID is happening. What do we put out there? What's our message? So the strategist is kind of like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to write a press release. We're going to make sure this information's on your website. We're going to include this in your monthly e-newsletter, uh, you know, whatever the, the tasks are. And the strategist hands those off to the doers and says, hey, doer, you're going to write a press release. And this is what the press release needs to be focused on. Then, so they're kind of playing project manager in a way. Um, and yeah, for the first three years of my business, I was everything. But I think, that, I think that's natural, you know, and it's actually really valuable for you to start off as a doer so you understand everything in the business. When did that switch take place from, from you being at a point where you knew you needed to bring on more people? Was it a financial um, goal or what, what was it that made you say, okay, we need to transition a little bit? It was a time thing for me. So I started realizing like I was in meetings all day long, these strategy meetings with clients. And then I would get home and I would have all these tasks to do. It would be 7 p.m., and I would have literally 50 tasks on my list. And the next day I'd have a back-to-back -back day with a bunch of meetings all day. So when I started, when the inbox was too full and I physically couldn't do the tasks anymore, just to, I didn't want to not have meetings with people because that's when you build a relationship and that's when you strategize. So once I got to that point where I was like, I'm working 12 hours a day and I'm busy with meetings all day long, I started, you know, hey, what of this can I peel off and teach someone else to do? You know, so I slowly started saying, okay, I need somebody that can write press releases for me and I need somebody that can manage social media accounts. Training somebody is a, a whole second level. You mentioned being a leader. How... How have you developed your leadership skills for your team over the past few years? I think slowing down. I am a go, go, go person, like knock this out. Let's be efficient as possible. But what I have quickly learned about having a team underneath me is that if I invest time in training them and really teaching them how to do it and what they need to look for, yes, it probably is going to slow me down that day. It's going to take an hour of my time that I could be doing this or doing that. But do you know how many hours I'm going to save in the future when all I have to do is forward her an email and say, Hey, this needs to go out. You know, we need a release for this. We need an image. We need this approved by the client and we need to send it out tomorrow morning. Poof. Then they're rock stars and they know what they're doing. So that the importance of training and really equipping your team with all the tools that they need um, has really, really helped me in my leadership skills. And also I've just learned like, you know, I sit down with everyone on the team about every 90 days and I always ask them two questions. Like, what's your favorite thing about the job? And what's your least favorite thing about the job? So I've had some team members that would say, I love, love, love social media management, but I hate doing Instagram. I really just like Facebook. And so I was like, you know what? How about we take the Instagram off your plate and we're going to hire somebody just to do Instagram. And then we would pull something and give them, you know, and balance it out. I want people to be so happy in their job 
to say, I don't like writing press releases, then we can pivot and she can write the press releases now and you'll take over her Instagram account. We can do that. All you got to do is have the ability and the, the courage to speak up. And I want to give them that platform to say, what do you love about your job and what do you hate about it? And whatever you hate about it, maybe we can fix it. It sounds like you're absolutely empowering your employees to voice those different feelings and thoughts that they have about the positions, which is fantastic. Yeah. And again, we're not a corporate business. There's no rules. We can, if you're unhappy, we can fix it. You know, and and 99% of the times we have fixed it and then immediately you're happier. So I just remembered earlier in my career, I never felt like I could really have a voice like that to my boss or it would just be like, Hey, get over it. That's part of life. Part of being an adult, Whitney, get over it. And I don't want them to feel that way. To circle back, what are some things that you guys are working on and plans moving forward? Oh, yes. Actually, one really fun thing um, that I've been working on personally, I found out when I started hiring people that I really, really loved training people. Like, it's actually a passion for me. And you know, I love watching them grow an understanding of something and then kind of like pushing them out of the nest and watching them fly. Like that's really fun. And and especially in my business, um, right now I have a team full of girls, so it is easy for me to see myself in them. Um, so it's almost like they work with me, but I'm also pseudo like mentoring them in a way. And I had a, a very amazing mentor who I still have. I just haven't seen her in a while because of COVID. So Kay is probably 75 and she's hiding out right now. But, you know, that relationship meant a lot to me and it meant so much to me starting my own business and the encouragement she gave me. So I love having that aspect of having a team underneath me. Um, But I've had a lot of people that would ask me about mentoring them and I'm like, oh man, I would, but like, there's not enough hours in the day, you know, like I love to invest in people. So I've actually started a group coaching opportunity where if people want to start their own consulting firm, maybe it's similar to mine. Maybe it's, um, you know, I had somebody reach out, they want to do an event planning firm. They want to actually, I had somebody else that wanted to do a sponsorship firm. So I'm like, been there, done that on all of these because there's a market out there for that. So I am working on compiling a group coaching program where basically I teach this group and it's going to be a small group, but everything I have learned over the past seven or eight years on my own and helping them skip over all of the tough lessons that I had to learn by trial and error kind of thing. Uh, So it's going to be an amazing like 12 week um, group coaching thing where it'll literally start at square one of setting up an LLC, naming your business, your bank accounts, your taxes, those kind of things. Then it'll move into um, how to create a services list and creating uh, templates for proposals. And I said, by the end of the 12 weeks, like people are going to be, they're going to be out there pitching their, their own clients and probably scoring their own clients. And I'm going to teach them everything of when you go in to pitch a client, what do you say? And how do you have that awkward money conversation and all those kind of things. So I'm actually taking applications for the next couple of weeks for that. Um, And then we're going to get started here really soon. So that's kind of what, I mean, that it's in the realm of the business, Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of like a little passion project I'm doing on the side. Absolutely. There's, There's definitely a need for that out there. I think the more 
women we can have teaching and mentoring and coaching other women, it's just going to make us stronger overall. So if you were to give advice to someone who was looking to make this same kind of leap, what would you say to them? Find a support system. Maybe that's hiring a coach. Um, I actually hired my first coach this past year, like a paid business coach, best money I ever spent. If I could go back now, I would have hired a coach, but I kind of had my mentor there. So I would definitely say, have a coach, have somebody who's been there before doing what you're trying to do. Even if it's a paid opportunity, that is 100% worth skipping over all the grief that, you know, you could face. And why do that when you have someone who can teach you? Um, And also get a plan in place of what can you be working on now? Maybe you're stuck in this awful corporate gig that you don't love. What can you be working on now that can set you up for success for when you want to take the leap? And then I would say the third thing is, is you've got to decide when you're taking the leap, train yourself of your speech, just like I did and have your little out of body moment and just do it. You'll make excuses for the rest of your life. If you let yourself pick a date and that is the date and make it happen. All right, Whitney, two more questions. How can people find you if they want to learn more about your company or even if they want to apply for your group coaching program? Yeah. So um, I would say if you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on Instagram. It's just the Whitney Lee, L-E-E. Or if you want to check out and learn more about the agency, you can go to besocially.com. So B as in boy, E as in egg social and then L-E-E. So be socially.com. And we're also socially is on Instagram, Facebook, we're all over the map on uh, LinkedIn as well. So uh, yeah, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, I would love to connect with you guys. All right. One final question. When do you feel the most confident? Okay. Physically when I'm like hair done, makeup done. I love makeup. I'm from Mississippi. That's just in my blood. Um, so hair done, makeup done, high heels, it's a hot pink outfit. I love all things hot pink. Um, but I would say like inside, like, you know, mentally and emotionally when I feel my most confident, I feel my most confident is actually when I'm on stage talking to people, presenting to a group or even pitching a client for some reason that is, um, you know, all eyes on me. Like I I feel most confident when it's like it's go time and I've trained and I've, I've gone over this and I know what I want to say. And I feel that I feel so prepared, you know, um, I, I just love that moment. Thank you so much for joining us today, Whitney. Whitney's contact information will be in the show notes. So if you are looking to get in touch with her, that information will be available to you. Thank you so much. Congratulations on all your success and everything you are doing and everything you will be doing moving forward. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. If you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, please go ahead and share it with them. Encourage them to like and follow this podcast so they know when new episodes are launching. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon.